Hello, this is Chuck Solomon, and welcome to the Candidate Experience Podcast, where we focus on the job candidate journey from apply to onboard and the space in between. Let's get started. care about the candidate experience, but have you ever wondered exactly how to bring your company to that next level and offer a world-class experience to your candidates? It's not easy. Fortunately, Candidate.FYI can help. Their solution guides candidates through your hiring journey, enhancing transparency and communication at every touchpoint. You'll also gain valuable insights on what's working and what's not with your hiring process. Best of all, it integrates directly with your ATS. Head on over to candidate.fyi and see how to transform your company's candidate experience today. Welcome to the former corrections officer episode where Dan Collins, Director of Talent Acquisition at Upwork, is my special guest. Listen closely to the insights he shares on diversity and inclusion and how to ensure a positive job candidate experience. If you like what you hear on this podcast, please subscribe and do share with others. Want to comment, discuss, provide feedback, you can do so by sending a note via LinkedIn or via the contact form on our website, www.thecx.xyz. I thank you for listening, and here's my interview. Dan, I often ask my guests, like, you know, how did you get into this whole recruiting thing? So, like, what's your, what's your story? Uh, well, it's funny you should ask. I have a very, very non-linear career project uh, progression. Um, sure. <laughs> I started out my career um, as a correctional officer. I was a correctional officer in the county jail system in Santa Clara County for about wow. 10 or 11 years. Um, and oddly enough, <laughs> I, I transitioned from uh, corrections to real estate sales because doesn't everybody, right? Um, and uh, within real estate sales, I learned uh, a, a really strong selling background and then transitioned in 2006, 2007, um, during the real estate bubble uh, popping uh, into uh, recruiting and um, staffing agencies. And then from Mm -hmm. staffing moved into corporate recruiting. And so that became a little bit more linear. And then I have worked uh, in Silicon Valley with companies like Yahoo and Apple. And I currently am the head of talent acquisition at Upwork. Awesome. So I'm a customer of Upwork. Um, for those that don't know what Upwork is, um, can you give like the one sentence on what Upwork is? Um, certainly. So Upwork is the world's largest freelancer marketplace. So it's a platform platform wherein um, owners of projects can put projects online and owners of skill sets can bid on those projects and it goes everything from a mom and pop um, laundromat that may want a website done all the way up to very, very large enterprise accounts um, 
who need entire projects or entire applications built. And our mission is to bring uh, economic opportunity globally uh, to, so that it's not just geographically centered. Awesome. Yeah, I've I've used used you guys on a number of projects, and I think for listeners out there, if you're not aware of Upwork, um, and even if you're just a hiring manager, you should be aware of it for sure. So, awesome. Thanks for that. Of course. Um, I think 2019 that diversity and inclusion DNI has been a big topic, and I think probably going into 2020 will continue to be a a, a big topic. Um, how how does Upwork tackle that challenge? Um, you know, it's a learning process. I'm really, really excited to say that we just hired our very first uh, vice president of diversity, inclusion, and belonging. Her nice. name is Erin um, Thomas. She. It's just so nice to have a subject matter expert coach me and my team on how we should be addressing diversity from sort of a top of funnel uh, approach, meaning that the first step in sort of addressing the idea of diversity is diversifying our overall talent pipeline. Um, mm-hmm. And so we're very, very cognizant of that shift. I think on the whole, when you talk about 2019, as I've watched diversity and inclusion come to the forefront in the conversation, I see it now getting legs and, and taking traction where a great deal of the conversation up until this point has been very academic and um, um, not very tangible in terms of actionable uh, things that we can do mm-hmm. within talent acquisition and within companies. And I think we're reach, reaching this tipping point now uh, where employee resource groups are becoming more and more common and they're having impact. Uh, where, you know, eight years ago, that that just wasn't even happening on a regular basis. So I, I really feel like we're at 2020, I agree with you, is sort of a tipping point. And I'm really excited about how we're going to tackle it going forward at Upwork. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for sharing that. Um, are there any sort of tools or resources that you use to sort of help with, with DNI or? Yeah, it's... <laughs> Interesting. Uh, we recently started using a tool called uh, CrossCheck, which is a, a reference check um, platform. And we engaged with it on the face value of we just wanted an easier, simpler, more streamlined, more consistent way to tackle our reference check process. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the unforeseen benefits of it has been that it has significantly moved the needle around our uh, diversity hiring. Uh, by way of example, we recently went through a hiring sprint in the uh, latter half of the third quarter and into the fourth quarter and are just ramping it up. And when we the smoke sort of cleared on the sprint and we started to look at the numbers, I was shocked to realize that we had made 80 hires in the last um, probably 10 weeks. And uh, 32% of them were from underrepresented groups. And wow. So, um, I think CrossCheck had a, a significant um, contribution to that. And the reason I do is I think that it helped us um, overcome unconscious bias. And by that, I mean, like, by definition, unconscious bias is unconscious and therefore is a blind spot for most <laughs> hiring managers and hiring teams. Um, yep. And so I think that what happened was that there were a number of candidates who we would have been on the fence in the past. But because of the cross-check self-assessment and the reference checks, 
uh, being available, the report that Crosscheck provides um, were allowed our hiring managers to make confident hiring decisions where in the past they might have made a different decision. Wow. That's impressive. So you said um, 80 hires in about 10 weeks and about a third of them were from underrepresented groups. Did I hear you correctly? That's all 100% correct. Yeah. And again, it it was like our goal going in was 20%. Um, Wow. So so we we were being deliberate about trying to make sure that we were filling the top of funnel with the most diverse applicant pool we could. Um, and it just worked out, uh, that we moved the needle by, you know, 50% above our target. Right. Excellent. So walk, walk me through like what, a what the typical candidate journey looks like at Upwork. You know, I don't think that the typical candidate journey at Upwork is dramatically unique. Um, people are engaging with us in a number of ways, whether they're coming to us from referrals or coming to us from online job applications or coming to us from proactive activities from my uh, recruiters and sourcers on the team. They come to us in very ordinary fashion. I think what we do really well as a recruiting team is, one, we're always trying to create phone calls and video conferences, and we try mm-hmm. not to only engage expressly via in-mails or via emails. Uh, two, I think that we do a very good job of painting Upwork's mission. And for Upwork's mission is really, really compelling in today's marketplace because it's not I'm selling with this widget or creating this hardware for entertainment Um, I'm not creating a streaming service. I'm literally going to go into this company and create global opportunity where none currently exists. And that becomes a really compelling factor that I do think um, contributes significantly to most people's candidate experience. And then um, coming uh, from a typical conversation with a recruiter where we're talking about what their career opportunities are here and what they're looking for in their next step, we certainly don't oversell or overpromise. Uh, we want to make sure that we have significant alignment and we're really, really comfortable in acknowledging if that alignment doesn't exist. If somebody is looking for, they want to be the CEO of the company and we're not looking for a CEO, we're happy to say so. Um, sure. From there, I think that transparency uh, translates onto uh, our on-site uh, interviews. And our on-site interviews, we are really always trying to figure out Something that I say to my team all the time is, if we can add value to the candidate experience without adding overhead, we must do that every time. Like it's non-negotiable. If somebody on my team says, um, you know what, we should be greeting people in this fashion. And that's like uh, a simple thing. One of the things that we've, we're doing really well now is just really walking through an effective tour um, of the facilities of our workplaces. Mm-hmm. Um and and then that and giving people just a chance to come on site, get to see the, the facility and relax without having to walk from reception into um, an interview and in two minutes you're at the whiteboard doing coding exercises. Right. Like we, right. we recognize that there has to be some sort of like um, like just transition into that. 
buffer thing zone. Love, exactly, a buffer zone. I love that. I'm going to steal that. Yes, yeah, you can. Zone. You can steal it. You're, thank you. you know, thank borrow you. it. So I yeah. might use it too. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. <laughs> I will definitely acknowledge you if uh, if if we par- start putting it into our our documentation. But we also have at Upwork. We have virtual receptionists, um, and this is always intriguing to our candidates. Um, they come into our any of our um, lobbies. And there is a large screen TV and there is a person sitting in front of a camera. And so they interface with that person. And some of the fun things is that if somebody has visited us in San Francisco and in Silicon Valley, uh, they'll see the same receptionist. And so for some reason, that tickles candidates to death. (laughs) Is that um, is this virtual receptionist like one of your Upworkers, or that's exactly it- correct. Yes, so okay. yes, it's a freelancer <laughs> on the platform. Um, we have a series of of uh, virtual receptionists, and so one sits in Wisconsin, um, and another, you know, I forget where she sits. So, but yeah, we have a, a series of people, and they're they're like regular team members for us. Uh, we have a Slack channel just to talk with them. Yeah. Now, oh, interesting. I think that's great. Um, cause they could probably be doing other work at the same time too, right? When there's just not a constant flow of people walking in, a, you know, your front doors, I'm sure there's breaks and stuff. They can do other things. So they actually do quite a bit of work with our right. facilities and a, a lot of people leverage them for reporting and, and et cetera. I always tease them that they're just sitting there watching Netflix, but that's <laughs> never what they're actually doing. <laughs> they might be, who knows, but who knows? You know, um, <laughs> I think that's interesting. I know there's some um, people putting robots and things like that for receptions. And um, I have actually seen myself like in doctor's offices where you, it's a, used to be you had to go stand in line and go to the reception and whatever. And now you can log in yourself, like uh, greet yourself. (laughs) So, but I like your idea of having this virtual person that's live, that's not a robot. So I think that's, that's that's nice. Um, I'm not sure if you um, caught this article. Um, it just came out um, a couple of days ago by Dr. John Sullivan. Um, I'll I'll forward it to you, and I'll also put it in the in the session notes here under this podcast when I when I publish it. Um, but he talks about um, Dr. Sullivan talks about the white a white glove treatment um, and how that helps. Um, improve the candidate experience. Um, and the stuff that the suggestions he talks about aren't like, it doesn't cost anything. They're really like very, very, um, simple things like being on time and being responsive and, um, you know, things like that. Um, uh, communicating, not keeping people in the dark. Um, and it's like, re- like really, really simple things. And he calls these, um, you know, white glove actions. So I'll share mm-hmm. that with you. I think, um, you oh, I would love to see might, that. Yeah. I think you'll, you'll probably f- find it of interest. And I know at least, um, on my team, I think, um, I just shared it with folks on my team and stuff so they can sort of look at it. And I said, I, I know we're doing a lot of these things, but, uh, there's probably definitely things, um, we could add to it, add to what we're doing. So, um, yeah the candidate experience really falls into sort of like three buckets. It's everything prior to the onsite. It's the onsite. And then it's everything after the onsite. And 
in my Slack signature internally, uh, we have I have this motto in my signature that says um, a lack of timely communication is the number one reason for a negative candidate experience. And so our team is super, super responsive, where I think when I first got here, we were less so. That's excellent. Um, would you also say that that transfers outside of like your recruiters and sourcers and such and onto like your actual hiring managers? Because there's always kind of two parts to the equation <laughs> from yeah. the company side. There's a recruiter, then there's then there's the hiring manager. Would you say that's also true with your hiring managers? Um, I would say in all candor that that's always a work in progress. Right? Sure. <laughs> um, and some business units excel in that area and some business businesses, it, it is a constant com- uh, conversation, right? Hiring managers change. You have succession. Uh, you have new managers coming in. You have very, very high velocity groups like sales. Then you have very, very low velocity groups where they're just not used to doing um, interviews on a regular basis. So they don't flex that muscle. Right. So on the on the high velocity, they're just trying to go fast and transactional. And on the low velocity, they're just not used to all of the steps. And those like engineering hiring managers who do a regular consistent cadence, but understand that white glove experience, they get better at it faster in my uh, estimation. Yeah, I, I, uh, I appreciate your candor. And I bet a bunch of the listeners are, are in their own minds. When, as they listen to this, they're thinking, yeah, same thing. I've always had those hiring managers that are great at this. And then mm-hmm. some, we got to go ahead and keep prodding along here and stuff. Um, I always say it's, it's really, um, it's really the hiring manager that has most of the pain related to a, you know, a job vacancy on their team. Um, so it's sort of in their best interest to help sort of move that along as, as best as possible because they're not able to meet their, their goals or, you know, other people have to work harder and stuff um, when a team is not uh, at a hundred percent. So, yeah, when, when I'm um, talking to a newish hiring manager about recruiting, one of the things that I try to stress on them is that, um, but for bandwidth, they could actually recruit most times as well or better than the average recruiter because of their subject matter expertise. They can probably screen, right? If they had, um, 48 hours in a day, um, they could probably do that. But since they don't, then what I uh, demonstrate to them is the value of training us as partners and training us to be an extension of them. And uh, that usually helps in getting a lot more buy-in and partnership uh, than we've seen otherwise. Yeah, I would I would agree. Does your recruiting team, I'm, I'm assuming they sit... Um, either remotely or they sit in like in a group or are they uh, embedded within like the teams that they support? Um, so I would say it's all of the above. I have okay. <laughs> uh, an executive recruiter who sits in San Diego. I have a longtime recruiter in San Francisco who has worked at Upwork as either a freelancer or an FTE um, for more than 10 years. Wow. Um, our technical recruiter sits in the, in the middle of the engineering group and our sales recruiters all sit in Chicago in the middle of the sales group. So it's all of those things. And then all of our sources are 100% remote. Right. That's excellent. So like your engineering and your sales recruiters, I'm assuming that they're going to their, 
the teams that they support, uh, their, like their regular meetings and standups and things as well. Yes, exactly. Um, they're participating fully in all of the, the all hands for those groups, right? They're attending, they're embedded in these teams. Um, and then we will always do weekly standups with each one of the major hiring groups. Sure. Good stuff here, Dan. I appreciate your, your, um, your input here. Do you have any suggestions on how um, you avoid making bad hires? Um, so there's a number of ways that like we talk about um, non-regrettable attrition, right? And I would go back to my, just how pleasantly surprised I have been with our new partnership uh, with Crosscheck. Um, having that tool and having these reference checks uh, and the report that they create and the candidate self-assessment, these have been game changers. And um, we really expect that once we have more time partnering with Crosscheck, that we're going to be able to create a very predictable formula between how a person scores both. There's, there's several scores. There's the aggregate score of their interview. There's the aggregate score of their reference check. And then we're going to be able to couple that together and then map that against performance scores as the person progresses through year one, year two, year three. Um, we do have metrics on on what our non-regrettable attrition has been. I won't share it here. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we can if we can put together an algorithm where we can impact that number in a in a positive way, you know, we're going to save the company millions of dollars in in bad hires. And and a bad hire to me sure. is somebody who is leaving the company um voluntarily or involuntarily within about the first 18 months, right? Like that means we missed either they didn't enjoy their experience and they left voluntarily Mm -hmm. um, or we didn't enjoy the experience and let them go voluntarily. So yeah, that's, that's really the thing that I think is going to be our secret sauce in the next 24 to 36 months. Excellent. Well, I really appreciate your time today and your insights. And I think that my listeners will as well. Um, if people wanted to get a hold of you, um, is it okay if they reach out to you? I don't want to uh, have you leave your phone number, but if you're welcome to say, <laughs> here's my LinkedIn profile, or <laughs> how do people yeah. get a hold of you? Oh, well, I'm super easy to find on LinkedIn, and I'm very communicative uh, via LinkedIn messaging. That's the easiest way. So it's Dan Collins, and you know it's pretty easy to find me at Upwork. Um, for those that are, you know, I'm, I'm a little reticent with my email, but I'm happy if people want to talk about talent acquisition, especially my peers and peer groups, you can feel free to ping me on uh, LinkedIn, and I'll send you my email address right away. <laughs> Well, I appreciate this. Um, I um, polled my listeners um, and asked, you know, what what do you want to hear more of? What do you want to hear less of? And they came and said, we want to hear from more practitioners like yourself, you know, folks in the field. Um, and so I appreciate you uh, coming on today and, and sharing your candidly sharing uh-huh. <laughs> your insights. And I love it that you went from 
corrections to real estate <laughs> to recruiting. That's um, you might have my vote for like top uh, trajectory into recruiting. It, it's thank you for that. I appreciate it. I tell people when I discuss this, like the common thread through my career has been uh, people. So every one of those roles is about assessing and working directly with people. So um, that has been, I carry so much from my first career to my current career all the time, surprisingly. But I've enjoyed this experience, Chuck, in this uh, conversation. If I can ever be of service to you or your listeners, please let me know. Thanks a lot, Dan. Thanks for listening to the Candidate Experience Podcast. You can reach out to us via our website, thecx.xyz. That's T-H-E-C-X dot X-Y-Z. 